Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. So today, I want to talk about having a prayer encounter. So I'm going to look at one of my favorite verses in the Bible from Luke chapter 2, verse 36 to 38. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple serving night and day with fastings and prayers. I wonder if Anna was doing this out of rote, out of obligation, out of mm, anticipation and expectation. And I wonder how long she did this and what sustained her in that place where it says, in the temple, day and night. Now, let's do a little bit of math together. It says that this woman was a widow, but she previously, obviously, was married. It says she was married for seven years. And then it tells us how old she is at the time of this God encounter, where in verse 38, then it reads, At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. She had a prayer partner named Simeon. Here we have Simeon, a seer, who was given a promise that his eyes would not close until he saw the consolation of Israel. And on the other side, we had a woman who was called a prophetess, Anna. By the way, that shows that gifts and callings of God are not gender-oriented, but they are available to the whosoever are available. So a side note is, availability is your best ability. So I have a new book that's just come out that it's called Praying with God's Heart, The Power and the Purpose of Prophetic Intercession. And so in this prayer encounter that I'm bringing you today, I want to unfold this scripture a little bit, and I'm going to tell you a personal story of my own. Anna, a widow, married seven years. The time of the writing, 
She's 84. She's waited with Simeon for the Messiah to come. It says that she lived a life of prayer and fasting in the temple. Now, when did she get married? It doesn't say. It says she was married for seven years. Very likely, she could have gotten married when she was, let's, let's just kind of play with it a little. She was like 17 years old. If that's the case, then she became a widow at 24. She's now 84 years old, folks, when this is written, when Mary and Joseph bring the promised Messiah on the eighth day for the rite of circumcision and consecration and dedication to the temple, and then Simeon's promise and Anna's prophetic intercession gets fulfilled right before their very eyes. But now watch this. So maybe she got married since she was 17. She's married for seven years. I mean, she was 24, but now she's 84. That means that she prayed through the prophetic promises of God for something like 60 years. Oh, my goodness. How in the world? Don't you think that that could have been extremely laborious? Don't you think that that could have been hard? What kept her there anyway? Or, hey, okay, she didn't get married when she was 17. Let's say she got married when she was uh, a little more midlife, 37. And so she's married seven years. She's 44. It's only 40 years that Anna prayed through the promises and waiting with expectation, with prayer and fasting in her ministry in the temple and to the Lord. Have you waited before? Have you had to wait? Have you had an until time when promise is revealed until promise is fulfilled? There is an in-between time that's called until. From promise revealed to promise fulfilled for every one of us, there is a gap in between. It might be Five seconds long, it might be 60 years long, from revealed to fulfilled. That's the life of Anna. Okay, okay, okay. Now, wait a second. Let's say she got married later in life. She got married when she was 67 to this guy, who we don't even know what his name is, and he departs. So, she's 74. So what that means is she only prayed in the temple day and night with prayer and fasting for 10 years. Oh, whether it's 10, 40, or 60, how can you be sustained where it doesn't become religious obligation and it stays with your heart praying with and from God's heart. How in the world did she do this? You know, I think a lot about this stuff. I believe right now, in this season that we're in, as I'm recording this in the fall of 2018, I believe that for some of us, We are entering into a season of fulfillment. Did you hear me? I believe we're entering into a season of fulfillment. 
I believe that there have been promises that were revealed and spoken even 30 and 40 years ago by some of the people that I know and have walked with. I believe that some of the promises, prophetic destiny of 30 and 40 years ago is just now beginning to manifest. Why? Wonder what keeps us in that posture before God where we just don't burn out, but we remain a living flame of fire. Whoa. You know, there is an old gospel song that is one of the most famous of them all called Amazing Grace. And the very first stanza or verse, it goes, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Do you realize it's not only grace that saves us, it's grace that maintains us. Oh, I don't know if you got that, but you need to listen to this line again. It's not only by grace that we are saved. It's by grace we maintain our walk, our posture of our heart, and a clean place of then still being in eager anticipation for promises that have been revealed to become fulfilled. It is by grace that we stand. Now, have you ever been tempted to give up? Have you ever been tempted to throw in the towel? Have you ever been like, ah, it's like, it's somebody else's turn. Been there, done that. I got that t-shirt for sure. Well, if that's the case, then I have a whole closet of t-shirts. Because at this point in time, I have seen a lot. I've prayed a lot. I've waited a lot. And some of what I have been waiting for has not yet been fulfilled. You're saying, what? Yeah, in the Bible, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will walk and not faint. They will run and not grow weary. Wait, I say wait on the Lord. So this place of prophetic intercession has a lot to do with receiving revelation waiting, or let me work with you for a moment on this word waiting. Have you ever heard of a waiter at a restaurant? What does a really good waiter or waitress do? They're prepared. They come and they're hospitable. They're not grumpy if they're a good one, okay? And they come and they help you find your seat at the table. They maybe give you a menu, items for you to look over. And maybe they're the host or maybe they're actually a waiter or a waitress. Now, a waiter, a waitress, I know I'm playing with words and I'm stretching a little and I'm giving you an illustration. They take your order, but they also keep their eye on their customer. They also keep their eye on their audience, and a great waiter at a more of a high-end restaurant will come and appear 
to help meet a need before you have even expressed it. That, folks, is Jehovah Jireh. That, folks, is our Father. He knows our need before we even express it, and he has waiters who are assigned to help. Did you know that you're called to be a waiter? Did you know that you're called to be a waitress? And we have the honor and the privilege to wait on God. And we have the honor and the privilege to wait on God's people and or those who don't know the Lord yet, because we are stewards of promises that have been revealed. And we walk through the until clause until they are fulfilled. Well, back to Anna. Dear Anna. I think she probably got tested through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. I wonder when that eighth day of the day of circumcision and dedication, when it came, I wonder if she was still in, in, in eager anticipation. I think so. How? Why? Because it was the condition of her heart. I want to encourage you out there that it's not as much the mechanics of prayer. Years ago, I used to teach seven effective steps to answer prayer. While I know those things are true, I don't really teach it that way anymore, and I haven't for a long time. Why? Because prayer is not as much about mechanics. Prayer is about an intimate relationship with God himself. And we have the honor of getting to be ambassadorial intercessors who take up the promises and we bring them into remembrance and remind God of his promises and appointments that are yet to be met and fulfilled. Or we stand in the gap in behalf of a people of a city. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and we are declaring, and many have been for years, that Music City USA will be worship city to the world. What are you declaring over your city? What promise are you declaring over your life? You can be an ambassador on behalf of your family between what? Revelation revealed until revelation is fulfilled. I still have promises that have been given to me that have not yet been fulfilled for my life, my family, and my sphere of influence. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing God Encounters today podcast, because I want to encourage you. I'm going to give you some of what the Lord has given to me. And so here's Anna. She's 84, and I think she was so overjoyed that day. And it says, and she kept on speaking incessantly about him. Now, this is really important to grasp. Are you going to keep talking about your promise, or are you going to keep talking about the delay Hmm. Or are you going to have your eyes fixed on him? And it says about this Anna, a praying prophetess says, and she kept on speaking about him. 
that the kind of relationship you have? If not, by grace, that's the kind of relationship that you can have. Now, let me tell you a story from my own life. Some years ago, I had been ministering in Germany, and I was more in the Frankfurt area. And then I was to get on a train and travel on this rickety train, it seemed, all the way through the night to go down to Rosenheim, which is in the southern area south of Munich, of München, uh, uh, Germany, to go do a prophetic um, equipping uh, conference, uh, uh, training time. I get on that train. Some friends took me. To the, I can, I rem, as I tell the story, you see, as you tell a testimony, you relive it. Uh, so I see it all over again. Okay, the story. Yes, tell the story. I get on the train, and as I'm in on at like midnight, and I don't get off till like 6 a.m. or something in the morning. I mean, I'm supposed to be in one of the sleep cars, but it was impossible. But it was also because the voice of the Lord kept coming to me. And over and over on that train ride, because I'm a Gaul, which comes from German ancestry, bloodline background. On the train, the Holy Spirit's voice kept coming to me and said this, Where are my Josephs? Where my Daniels? Where are my Deborahs and where are my Esthers? That voice shook me. It wasn't just the, 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 the train that I was in that was rattling down the tracks. The voice of the Lord shakes you. The voice of the Lord shapes you. The voice of the Lord invites you. And repeatedly that night, in a midnight ride, you know, it's never too late to answer the call to volunteer for the on-job training to be commissioned as one of God's waiters, God's servant warriors. I think I can hear the drum beats in the background. The march is beginning as humble, persistent warriors are aligning themselves under God's command. Now I can hear another sound coming forth, calling all watchmen. The time has come for you to mount your walls, prophetic, intercessors, Annas, Simeons, Daniels, Josephs, Deborahs, and Esthers. It's time to arise. So now we're going to look at some of the questions that have been sent in by some of our curious listeners uh, through Instagram and through social media. And so here's one of them that I think that relates to today's podcast on having a prayer encounter. How do you know if you're chosen to be a Joseph? Wow. Well, I'm assuming you've read the book of Genesis and you have a context of who Joseph is, what Joseph went through, because before Joseph goes to the pinnacle, he processes and his journey through the pits. Uh-oh. So, and remember, I talked about revelation revealed, the promise 
revealed and then the promise fulfilled. And then in between, there is what I call the until clause. How do you know if you're a Joseph? Well, let's give a definition to who a Joseph is. A Joseph is a shining light in their generation. They're often marketplace people. Sometimes they carry a governmental anointing, but they have a ministry behind the scenes as much as they do in the front of the scenes. In other words, they walk it out in a personal relationship with God. They get through Many different tests. Remember, I even recited like that stanza, the verse from Amazing Grace, through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. So, very quick about Joseph. Promise is revealed, but he doesn't have the wisdom yet to learn to how to walk the promise. It's like, God, why in the world do you call unqualified people? But he does. And so I want you to know out there, to be a Joseph doesn't mean that you have your act together. A Joseph is going to be totally dependent upon the grace of God because the grace of God is actually, again, our greatest ability is our availability. Joseph was available. Joseph did not qualify in the natural. He was the youngest. He was not the oldest. He did not rightfully to you know align to be the first son to receive the promise. But he has a promise. He has a great promise. He's given revelation. He doesn't handle it correctly. So how about some of you out there, you could say, hey, you could raise your hand right now and go, hey, I, I kind of messed up along the way. And I know I didn't in wisdom uh, bring the right. Well, that might just be part of what's going to qualify you to be a Joseph or a Daniel and Esther or a Deborah in your generation. I believe so. So here's going to be one of the, some of the characteristics on how do you know if you're chosen to be a Joseph? It's because you have a destiny that is on your life that you need the grace of God to fulfill. God does not call us to do what we can do in our own strength. God calls us to do what we're going to need his grace to fulfill. So have you got a promise that's bigger than yourself? Huh. That might be showing you have a calling of a Joseph. Are you going through the trials of learning wisdom through life? Huh. That might be a characteristic of a Joseph or a Deborah or an Esther. Are you continuing on? And you're even though you you have some trials and even though you you, you have errors, are you keeping your hand to the plow? Oh. That might be a characteristic of a Joseph. And I want to encourage all of you out there. It's not about the platform before man. It's first about maintaining your presence before the one. I believe Joseph did that. And before he got promoted, before man, before Pharaoh, he interpreted dreams in a prison. Some of you might feel like that your job right now is a prison. You might feel like that your relationships are a prison. Well, praise God in your prison. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. Praise him when the sun goes down. And keep hold of the revelation of God and let character become formed to carry the promise. And then you will shift and you will be a true Joseph, Deborah, Esther, or Daniel. 
to go from promise revealed to promise fulfilled. Well, I hope that that little bit helps you and that you can identify with some of that journey. Let me go to another one of the questions that's been submitted. What is your best advice for seasons of waiting? Oh, mercy me. I think that goes along perfect with the Anna illustration that we talked about earlier. Remember, I don't know if it was 10 years, 40, or 60, but we do know she had to wait. Now, did she wait out of, now this is a big test for all of us, did she do it out of religious obligation? I don't think so, because I don't think that any person can last that long. Uh Uh-uh. We have a certain tolerance in just being a human being. And to qualify, or your best advice for seasons of waiting is, please realize you're, it is an endurance test. Yes, it is, but it is by grace. It is by grace. So here are a few keys to help you in your time of waiting from, again, remember, promise revealed to promise fulfilled. What is your best advice for seasons of waiting? Worship. Worship, 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 worship. Praise. Yes. Praise can be commanded. Worship cannot. You can praise God no matter what your circumstances are, but praise is always a sacrifice. What are keys? Praise the Lord in everything. It doesn't say that everything is the will of God, but the Bible tells us to offer thanksgiving and praise in everything because this is the will of God. So I want to encourage you in times of waiting and being an Anna and in advice for seasons of waiting is praise, thanksgiving, and worship. The word worship means to be bowed down in your heart before. By the way, forgiveness is a great necessary key on constantly removing the thorns and removing the the hindrances, the wounds, and the things, the misunderstandings that we go through. When you enter into true worship, which is a posture of the heart, you will get convicted. And when you get convicted, God wants his presence to become stronger, not weaker. And then we respond to out of worship. We get into the presence and we're in the presence. Conviction comes because new light will expose old levels of darkness. Okay, well, that was a lot. So what is James Gall saying could be some best advice for seasons of waiting? Continue in the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Offer your heart to be bowed down before the Lord. Believe that His grace is sufficient and walk in a daily manner of forgiveness. These are some of the things and tools on waiting before God. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.